All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Really harsh, really harsh on a Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back, Jason Greger. Connor Howie with you. Declan Kruger running things for uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube for those uh, chiming in over there. Always uh, joy to have it. Uh, one of these days we're going to have a little uh, we're going to have a little contest. Uh, Connor has a goal that he would like to be reached at our Orders Nation uh, YouTube for the show. And uh, I think I have a way to do it. So uh, that, if you're looking for some fun, that's uh, going to come up next week. So for those of you that are watching, pay attention. Could lead to you watching Connor McDavid live at Rogers. Okay. So uh, next week we will do that. Pay attention. It's very simple. It'll take you probably five seconds of your life to give you a few hours of enjoyment. It's a pretty good trade-off. Pretty good trade-off. It is the uh, Jason Greger show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. And hey, if you uh, haven't tried it, stop in today. Go in on all the excitement. You can sign up and use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and you will get a $50 free bet at PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, yesterday we did the uh, the parlay bet and uh, we had the Oilers to win by two and the Bruins to win by two. And a hit. So we're taking a little bit more seriousness uh, and uh, we've had a good start in January. We're up. So uh, that'll be good for the charity. So that's nice. So if you ever have a, a pick that you are very strong on, text in. It's a uh, hashtag pick of the day. And, uh, you know, we, we use the listener one sometimes. And if not, now you don't win any money, but you just win knowing that we're helping out the charity. So there you go. If you're uh, if you're somebody who uh, feels pretty uh, pretty good, pretty confident about a certain wager, you can always let us know. 833 401 Hey, guys, um, can you settle a bet for us? 
Have the Maple Leafs won more than two playoff series in the same season franchise history from uh, Dr. Wang at OTR. Well, you know, I saw that trending last week online and I was like, hmm, I get it because they're saying, well, you know what? The series never used to be three rounds, but they're mistaken. The Toronto Leafs did, in fact, win three playoff rounds in 1932. All right, so if you want to go out there and win some money off the people because they're, they're believing things they read online without researching it themselves, here's your chance. Because uh, in 1932, the uh, Maple Leafs won in the quarterfinals against the Blackhawks. Then they beat the Maroons in the semifinals and beat the Rangers in the final. So there you go. Because uh, it was a two-game total point, which is still a series in the quarterfinals. That's how it was. Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks. Then they beat the Maroons, and then they beat the Rangers. So I know it's a fun thing that you like to say to rib on your Maple Leaf friends. But remember, if you're saying that to them, it's factually incorrect. They have indeed won three playoff rounds in one year. So there you go. Just... uh Always we like to try to get accuracy. Hey, Gregor, uh, what do you think about Nico Sturm as your 3-4 uh, center? Um, well, I'd have to look at his contract. Um, I'm not a huge uh, Sturm fan. I don't mind him at all, but he's a lefty. And I, I think if Edmonton's going to go out and get a center, I'd rather get a righty uh, if it was me. Right? Um, so Sturm's been, he's been banged up. Um yeah, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he would probably love to get traded because, um, you know, you're in San Jose and, uh, and any player who's on a team that has no chance, if the opportunity comes where, where they could get dealt, it's something that they would, uh, most of them are pretty open to, right? But uh, now Sturm is banged up right now, right? But he makes two mil and he makes two mil again next season. So I don't see him as an option for Edmonton. I, I don't see how Edmonton, um, for, for them to, to trade a guy like Sturm, um, you'd probably have to include Derek Ryan in the in the deal and get them to retain salary because you got to make the money work, right? So, yeah, I wouldn't. I would look for others. That wouldn't be my first option for for Nico Sturm. I'll say that. So, see where it goes from there. Hey guys, uh, Regarding Campbell, what about a trade Campbell for Grubauer with some monies retained to make the cap work? Both similar contract and age and needing a fresh start. Ooh, so, yeah. If if I'm Seattle, because right now Jack Campbell can't even play in the NHL. Right? I know that Grubauer has not lived up to what they would like in um, in Seattle, no question. Right? And he's, what, 5.9 mil cap hit? Ugh. That's it's kind of a big risk that now if, if they're willing to, to retain some salary on it, I guess so, but yeah, that would be hard. Right now they're losing Dreger, right? His three point five mil comes off the books at the end of the year. So they're probably feeling like, hey, you know what, we're, we're finally gonna get some breathing room here and not have dead cap space. And they look and say, Hey, if Joey Decord and Grubauer are two goalies, and even though Grubauer right now is not living up to his contract, at least he's in the NHL. So I, I'd be surprised. A, it's interdivision, but I'd be surprised. I guess it's possible, but I don't know. How high are you on Grubauer? That's, I guess, my question. 
Right? Like I know Kevin Woodley, I remember Kevin Woodley saying at the time he thought that was one of the worst signings. I'll give Woodley a lot of credit. Like, and he's been bang on on that. So that was a few years ago. Is it is it gonna is he magically gonna find his game in Edmonton? Maybe. But oof, that's uh that's a big risk for sure. Hey guys, orders should just look at bringing in a veteran D-man, a depth forward. The orders to defense keeps playing the way they do, and Skinner plays how he is. The orders have a solid chance from Drew. Well, team defense definitely will help. There's no question about it. I, and Stuart Skinner, I, I said at the start of the year, I thought there was a lot of people jumping to conclusions after bad seven games. And let's make no mistake, Stuart Skinner had a bad seven games. Go look at the number. Like, they're so bad that even though Stuart Skinner's been pretty solid here down the, like his, he's 11 and two in his last 13 starts, right? He's got a 922 save percentage, but on the year, his save percentage is still 894 because it was so bad in the first seven games, right? And that's where all the time I always like to recommend when we do analysis, small sample size can, can really skew the number, right? Like this, hey, Gregor, why are you saying 1.75 points for McDavid? He's not even at that this year. Wake up. Well, it's not about waking up, man. It's about let's take a step back. So Connor McDavid in his last 250 games has averaged 1.74 points per game. That's 250. Is that a pretty big sample size? I'd say it is. Or you can look at the first 14 games of this season where he only had 13 points. Easily his worst stretch of the last four years by a long shot. And he was banged up. So am I going to say, hmm, these 14 games, I'm going to value them as even as the other 236? I'm not, because I think that's bad analysis. I would look and say, okay, is there a reason why he was low? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. We all saw the injury. You know what it was? Since then, do you know what he's done since? Jesus, at 2.11 points per game in the last 19. Now, I don't expect him to maintain a 2.11. That's why I went off of what he's done over the last... 250 games. I thought that was a pretty safe and fair evaluation. Do I think McDavid could be higher than 1.75? 100%. Cause he was all of last year and he was in the whole year of, of 2021 where he had 1.87 and 1.88 points per game. So 1.75, because it's a little higher than his season average right now, isn't misleading. It's because the 14 games were a clear outlier of what McDavid is. So I wouldn't use it. Hey guys, if the orders are trading a goalie, Blackwood's the one that makes the most sense. Well, from Edmonton's perspective, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But if you're the San Jose Sharks, now I guess like, so if you're going to trade Blackwood, it has to, Campbell's going the other way. There's no question, right? Now Blackwood has one more year left after this season on his contract. It's a pretty good deal. So I think if you're trading Campbell to San Jose, Edmonton's probably going to have to retain some salary, number one. And I honestly, I think Edmonton would gladly retain even like 1.5. So then if you have 1.5 of Campbell and 2.6 of Blackwood, it's still 4.1. That's still less than what you're paying Campbell now. Right? And you're getting a goalie on the books that you quite like. Now, I know it's some dead cap space for four years, so it's not ideal. I totally understand it. Well, three years after this year. All right, maybe 1.5 is too high. Maybe it's one. But it'll probably have to be something because if you don't retain any money, then you're going to have to give even more assets up to get it. Now, maybe maybe you'd be willing to, so that's fair. If you're like, Gregor, I don't care. I'll give up other draft picks. 
But if you really believe that Stuart Skinner is your starting goaltender, how much assets do you want to give up for a backup? Right? That's the question. And I know everyone says, well, you need two goalies. Well, you might need two goalies for a, you might need your backup for a few games. That's fair. Right? But, and again, just because Stuart Skinner showed some fatigue or the, you know what, maybe wasn't ready his first time in the playoffs doesn't mean that next year he won't be. Right? Binnington, Holtby, Vasilevsky, they went and won the Stanley Cup playing all the games. Right? Or the vast majority of all the games. Right? Because I guess, um, Holby didn't start the first two games, but he came in early in game number two, right? So he still played, he still started over 20 games that year for Washington. So you can still do it. I know Colorado didn't do it, and I know Vegas didn't do it. But that doesn't mean that the next team that wins this year, their starting goaltender might not play all 22, 21, 19, whatever games they need to win the cup, right? So some teams have done it. Others like Pittsburgh, Colorado, Vegas, they didn't. So there's there's two different ways to win. And and Blackwood, that one I understand Blackwood more. But if you think, like I think the orders, what they have to look at is say, do we believe that Olivier Rodri can be a goalie for us next year? And if that's the case, because if you bring Blackwood and he has a year left in his contract, well, then I guess maybe you switch him in the offseason. But otherwise that limits Rodri. Right? That's that's the challenge. And and the great part is, I don't know if anybody can say for sure how consistent he'll be at the NHL level right now. Because it's hard, right? It's hard to say, hey, we got this guy in the minors who we think is going to be a good skater. Well, yeah, okay, but he can play in your fourth line. Can he play in your second line? Can he play in your third line? So I don't know. All I all I can say about Rodriguez is this series played pretty well, but keep in mind his numbers in the American League this season are actually a little bit worse than what Pickard's numbers were in the American League. Now, he's a way younger player, sure. And he's played more games, so that's a factor. It's harder to, to maintain a high save percentage the more games you play. So I think Edmonton, the way Calvin Pickard's played, it allows them time to not have to rush into a trade, and that's the best thing you can have if you're a GM. You get more time, you're not as desperate, usually it can lead to better decisions. 324, uh, when we return... And we'll talk about some off-season decisions next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 328. Welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, Oilers Nation YouTube. The Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our uh, EUL inbox. E-W-E-L dot C-A, your one-stop shop for all your electrical needs. The uh, Edmonton Oilers, of course, a day off today. Uh, they were supposed to skate, but uh, decided that they'll get the players the day off today. They'll be back on the ice tomorrow and Friday and then take on the Ottawa Senators on Saturday. Then they have two more days off, and then they'll be on the road for games uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday next week. Uh, meanwhile, a uh, little Jays talk today as we go to the MLB report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. LegacyHeating.ca. Also, uh, no overtime charges ever, which is pretty cool. And uh, the Jays, all the managers spoke. Uh, was anything said that was notable today? Uh, Thomas Hall from uh, Blue Jays Nation uh, joins us. And uh, Thomas said, "Did you what? What did you take away? What was the thing that stood out after listening to uh, to the uh, 
the the press conferences today of the management uh, higher ups for the Blue Jays? Well, I mean, it was it was certainly interesting. That's uh, that's for sure. It's never a dull moment with this team, apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ross had a lot to say. Um, not a ton that that Blue Jays fans were all that pleased with. Um, but there were a few things that that stuck out to me. One, obviously, is the fact that the Jays are still looking to add, but it sounds like they're looking to more add one or two bats rather than at least, you know, two or three, which for me personally, that's what I was kind of thinking of where they were at. Um, and as well, I mean, he also spoke about Shohei Otani and how disappointing it was to hear, you know, that he chose the Dodgers over a team like the Blue Jays and how understandably that was a very diff- difficult phone call to, to hear and to learn about. But you know, I think in, in, in the overall grand scheme of things, when we look at this team and, and think about where they're at moving forward, um, you know, they're in a pretty decent spot. I mean, they still have some holes to plug, but and, and Ross spoke about that, of course. But, um, you know, overall, as, as assuming they do add a few more pieces here, you know, there should be at least a little bit of easing the tensions as we inch a little bit closer to spring training, you got to think. Yeah, you look at the Jays and, you know, they I don't know how close they ever were. We'll we'll never maybe know on Shohei Otani. And, um, you know, I would still question. uh, Now, I get that from a business standpoint, it makes sense because you're probably going to get all that money. But to pay that much for a guy who's only going to DH next year, that's a lot. So uh, so we'll see. But if I look at the Blue Jays. Like they haven't really done a whole lot then this off season. You know, they were you know, some people will say they love to tell everybody they're in on everything, but ultimately they didn't do much. They brought Kiermeyer back, which you know, he's a good player. But what do you how would you evaluate their off season? Are they better in your eyes? So it's hard to say. I mean, like, are they better than where they finished at the end of last season? No. Because you look at the players who have walked out the door, Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, they brought back Kevin Kiermaier, which is nice. Um, they replaced Whit Merrifield with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, you know, they, they said goodbye to Hunjin Ryu. They still have a hole in the bullpen after watching Jordan Hicks go to free agency, and he probably won't be back. Um, but obviously, there's still this ginormous hole that the Blue Jays have within the middle of their lineup and until they fill that they won't be considered a better team than where they are right now Um, but I think too like it's obviously hard to express patience especially at this point of the offseason where we're in January now and all the Blue Jays have done is further address their run prevention and have yet to address their run creation so yeah I mean you know, from a bird's eye view, it really doesn't seem like the Jays have done anything up to this point. But I think there's still time for them to plug away at their offense and make them a better lineup moving forward as we head towards 2024. You know, uh, uh, you know, Atkins re- expresses regret over uh, you know Sh- Shohani. T- Otani turned them down, and obviously, all right, uh, I understand all, all that. But um, you know, they did. Did you get a sense that did they ever feel like they were used as a pawn just to get more money for the for Otani's camp out of the Dodgers? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, 
obviously that's the biggest fear, right? Is the Blue Jays being a bridesmaid again and never the bride. But, you know, after hearing Atkins speak about it today, you know, like you, you have to take him to his word or at his word to some degree and hope that, you know, that wasn't the case and that Otani's interest in the Jays was genuine. And I think, too, the fact that he took the time to go to the Blue Jays player development complex in Dunedin, Florida, and really check out, you know, the the brand new uh, renovations and additions that they have there, the state-of-the-art facilities that they have, um, you know, and like Shohei's a, a baseball nerd. He, you know, he he loves the, the sort of intricacies that the Blue Jays have at their facilities. So, you know, I, I think just judging from that alone, it kind of shows you that, you know, Otani's camp wasn't using the Jays as, you know, a stocking horse just to to raise the Dodgers' price. And, um, you know, in the end, we'll never know what the Jays' offer was truly because I highly doubt Atkins and company is going to disclose that information. But from my point of view, I, I really have a hard time seeing, you know, the Jays being used in that sort of way in discussions. Yeah. Although I can understand, teams have done it in the past for sure, and hey, it makes a lot of sense, right? The, the Dodgers were clearly willing to to pay uh, everything uh, necessary. Um, now, uh, you know, Whitfield was pretty good for the Jays as a utility guy. You know, now he had a great year, right? One one of his best seasons ever. So, you know, I can understand if they thought maybe he wouldn't live up to it again. But um, what what do you think about his replacement in the utility uh, infield that they brought in and in, in Connor uh, Falefa? Yeah, I mean, obviously what Whit brought to the team last season, it was great, right? What he brought to them on the field and off the field, they're extremely appreciative of that. But I think, you know, moving forward, they wanted a bit more versatility from that position. And in a way, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa replaces Merrifield, and he could also replace Santiago Espinal too um, in one player if they if the Blue Jays do intend to to trade Espinal and free up a roster spot that way and you know offensively it's probably going to be maybe a, a slight step back from what Merrifield brought to the team last year but I think if the Blue Jays put IKF in positions where he can succeed a little bit better than where he did in 2023 with the Yankees we'll see him at least close back to the the win, win and a half player that he was in his first year with the Yankees and and his final one with the Rangers too. You know, maybe they they put him in the lineup exclusive. Well, maybe not exclusively, but specifically against pitchers who throw a lot of four seamers and curveballs. Those are two pitches that. IKF has has performed really well against in his career, specifically last season. So if they do that, and they make him more feel like a complementary piece rather than just, you know, a key cog in the offense, because that's essentially by default what his role sort of was in New York, because it was pretty much Aaron Judge and everyone else. So, you know, in Toronto, he won't have to worry about batting in the top third of the lineup. He'll be in the bottom third consistently. So, you know, between the versatility that he should give the Blue Jays, the fact that he's a former Gold Glove winner too at third base, I think those are two big factors that led to his ultimate signing uh, with Toronto. Looking at uh, the Jays, they talked about maybe trying to get a DH. Uh, that's a position that maybe they want to bring in before spring training. Any idea on how they go about that? Yeah, so I think free agency is probably the best route for them to explore something. You know, like right now, there's 
at least five guys to me that really stand out. Um, obviously, J.D. Martinez is a player that's very familiar to Blue Jays fans. Reese Hoskins would make a ton of sense on a you know one or two year prove it deal coming off a injury riddled season that he had recovering from his torn ACL. Uh, Jorge Soler is a popular name that would make a ton of sense. It would add a lot of pop to this batting order. Um, and Jock Peterson, too, is somebody the Blue Jays have coveted over the last few years. He'd be a left-handed bat that they could use to replace Brandon Belt with. Um, and also Justin Turner is somebody who's got a, a lot of postseason experience, would certainly add some more veteran experience to the clubhouse. And still, he had a really respectable season with the Red Sox, too. So, you know, I think of those five players, if the Blue Jays end up with one of them, they should be able to um, not only replace Belt, but also supply a lot more power in that DH spot as well. When you look at, uh, as we're trodden by uh, Thomas Hall from uh, Blue Jays Nation, um, the the Jays, they, they were good last year. Um, you know, how are they going to improve? Well, a lot of it could improve internally just on Alex Manoa, right? Like, now, I'm not expecting him to be as dominant as he was two years ago, but my goodness, I would hope he can't be as bad as he was last year. Any any insight into what you think Manoa is going to be this coming season? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope, right, is that he's nowhere near the type of pitcher he was a season ago where he had an ERA right, almost as high as six. Um, you know, honestly, like it, it totally depends on what type of mentality he shows up to spring training with, you know, from looking at his, his off-season workouts over the last few months, you know, he clearly looks determined and, and ready to, to put on a, you know, a new show for, for the Jays next season. But, you know, ultimately, like he has to be able to command the strike zone a way better than he did last season. He, he can't be anywhere near close to the league leaders and walks. Um, I'd love to see him generate some more swings and misses with that slider, have better fastball command with his four-seamer and two-seamer as well. Um, so all of those factors combined, if, if he's back closer to the guy that we saw in 2022, maybe not to that same degree, but if he's closer on that scale versus where he was this past year, the Blue Jays' rotation, in my opinion, should be among the best in all of baseball, if not right there among the elite of the elite. Yeah, well, if Manoa comes back then uh, and, and is just solid, he doesn't have to be dominant. Yeah, I agree that their, uh, their pitching staff should be, uh, should be pretty good. Uh, you know, bullpen from year to year, man, honestly. Bull, to me, middle relievers are like goaltenders in hockey. <laughs> outside of the odd one you really have no idea what you're getting from year to year it's amazing some guys will be great one year and then the next year they can't get anybody out so what, what do you make of the overall bullpen of the jays yeah i mean it's it's in great shape right now you got jordan romano eric swanson tim Mesa at the back end you, you'll miss jordan hicks um, but you still have a really good quality group in middle relief options and Chad Green, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garcia, Trevor Richards, Genesis Cabrera, who looked really good after coming over in a trade from St. Louis. I think they're probably, you know, one arm short of being a complete group. And they could also look to free agency to shore up that spot. Somebody like Ariel Rodriguez would be a really strong option for the Blue Jays, somebody who could fill multiple roles for them. He could be their number six starter. He could be a back-end option. He could be somebody that throws multiple innings out of the bullpen for the Blue Jays. 
Um, but I think, you know, like you said, from year to year, it's, it's really difficult to judge what you're going to get from your bullpen. Um, you, you know, you can probably set your hat down on what you're going to get out of Romano and Garcia or uh, Swanson and Mesa. For the rest of the group, you know, you're kind of just shooting and hoping that they're going to look like the same group that, that you know, played last year. But I think health is is also going to be a really big factor for this team, and not just the bullpen, but for the rotation too. The Blue Jays were among the healthiest pitching staffs a season ago, and in baseball, that's really difficult to replicate. So, you know, the Blue Jays do have a good amount of depth in relief options beyond the major league level. They need to do a little bit a little bit of a better job reinforcing that depth in the starting uh, pitching category at AAA, but. Um, you know, of course, if, if they're similar to the group that, that went out there in 2023, I don't think there will be any concerns about the Blue Jays pitching staff next season. Awesome stuff, man. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Of course. You too. Thanks for having me on. Well, there you go. So the uh, Jays, uh, you know, it's funny. The, the, the Jays being a competitive team, but and I, I, and I get why in one sense – Man, they don't really like the manager there. Uh, lots of people in, in Atkins, right? Uh, they don't really love him. Um, and and I guess, you know, you have high expectations, so if you don't win, it's fair. It's kind of like in Edmonton. Ken Holland has made way more good moves than bad moves, right? And and I do think, I should point out one thing. Um, you know, I, I keep hearing it, I keep reading it a lot on social media, people thinking that Jeff Jackson's making all the decisions right now. I, I'd say that's a tad premature and and somewhat inaccurate. As uh, he hasn't really been in Edmonton regularly, right? Um, I don't. Uh, if if you think Ken Holland is just showing up at the rink and doing nothing, you're probably uh, mistaken. Does Jeff Jackson? Do they have conversations? Is he a voice now that wasn't there before? One hundred percent, without question, that's true. But um, you know, Ken Holland, the Jack Campbell signs being awful. We can there. We can try to analyze it any different way I, I don't see how anybody can come to a different conclusion hasn't been good it's been awful the uh, the brown one uh obviously isn't hurting them this season but uh will will be devastated will be crushing next year for sure right there's no question about it because they got the bonus overages and i don't see any way that they get out from them right it's impossible so they're gonna have some dead cap space from that signing uh next year which is awful right no no two ways about it but then you, you also have to look at Hyman, Kane, Kulak, Barry, Ekholm, Smith, Fogle. Go down the lit Ryan. Yeah, all the good moves that were made. Because there's been way more good than bad. Right? If, if, if your analysis is only going, if you're going to try to rate, okay, well, one bad contract overrates five good ones. It's like saying, well, Stuart Skinner had seven bad games, so that's what I'm going to focus on. And even if he had 70 other solid games, it's those seven bad games, and that's my main focal point. Oh, you're missing out on, on I think, a bigger piece of the puzzle. All right, so is there pressure on Holland to make a good move at the deadline? Without question. But he doesn't have to make the move today. He has until March 8th to make the move. No one was talking about Ekholm last year. Nobody. Now, I think it's going to be difficult to to make a trade of that significance again because there's not many Ekholms available, right? Just is. Like, 
could they turn in Cody CC um, like they did Tyson Berry to a team that that has a really top good pair right defenseman? I went through the teams and it's hard to find. But again, that could change by March first because certain teams that are in it right now or think they're in it might all of a sudden in two months be like, you know what? We're going to have to retool. We got to get some picks. We got to get something else. And that's what we'll do. So, but yeah, there's pressure on the GM. No question. He's got to make, you know, he's got to make some moves before March 8th. So to me, I don't get, I'm not a big believer in getting mad about things because they haven't happened yet when you still have time to make them happen. If on March 9th, the order roster has no good additions, then I think it's full claim to say WTF. Why? What happened? But until then, it's kind of hot air that's premature. Right? If you're going to rip on, oh, you got to do it. I'm not a big believer in like, you know, I don't, I don't think the GM's going to be like, oh, geez, Gregor said we have to do it. And all the listeners on 1440 said we have to do it. So now we're going to do it. Because think about that. If he did that, then he would have gotten rid of McLeod two weeks ago. We got rid of Stuart Skinner a month ago. Right? Would have traded Warren Fogle a month ago. Right? It's the, the, the most important aspect, I think, in management or even coaching at times is patience. It's hard. We don't have to be patient. Listeners don't have to be patient. But the GM has to be patient. And then have the gonads to make a big move when called upon. So it's got uh, just over two months, March 8th this year, a little bit later of a trade deadline, March 8th. And uh, as the orders continue to play well, I think that that allows more time, especially from the goaltending position. Like a month ago, everyone's like, oh, my God, they got to make a move now. And we're like, well, I wrote about it. The order schedule is is in their favor. But once you get into February, then it's like ooh, a little tougher. So we'll see. Like, no offense to the Anaheim Ducks, but if Calvin Pickard couldn't play this well against Nashville or the Rangers, right, our quality teams, well, then that's a little bit different than playing well against the Ducks, who don't generate a lot of good chances. Quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot of text to get to. 833-401-1440. It's the Jason Greger Show. Text lines. People spicy today. Jeez, the orders have won six in a row. People are all spicy. Sam in Vancouver. Hey, Gregory, you hold fans and listeners to a higher account than the GM. <laughs> no. When, when all I ask people, I say, hey, if you want to, it's easy to yell, make a trade. Make a trade. I always ask, well, who? It's called a conversation. Right? Everybody, I've said Ken Holland and GM, hey, the Campbell trade, brutal. The Cassian trade didn't work out, but guess what? He fixed it by getting rid of Zach Cassian. Didn't cost him a lot. Right? That's what you do. You wrong, uh, you fix. Rather than double down on a bad decision, he fixed it. No problem. Now, Jack Campbell, a lot harder to fix. Make no mistake. Much more difficult. Zach Casson was least in the NHL when he got traded to Arizona. Jack Campbell's not in the NHL right now. He's not even playing well in the American League. And there's three years left on his deal. At a $5 million cap it. And still owed over 15, almost 16 million bucks. It ain't good, right? It's not good at all. It's actually still 16 mil that he's owed. So just over. So I don't, um, you'll try to fix the Campbell issue. 
but it's just way harder to fix. It's a bigger problem. It's a bigger mistake. It's no question about it. We can say, call it what it is. It's a mistake. But do we have to repeat it every day? Does that make you feel better? We should start the show every day. Hey, guess what, guys? It's uh, January 4th. Campbell contract's still bad. Sure, we could do that. It would get pretty boring, I would think. So we all know the camp. So guess what? Up until March 8th, we'll see if they can fix it. I'm not sure they can. But the good news is they've made another so many other good moves that the team is still decent enough that they might be able to overcome the terrible Campbell signing and still be competitive. Well, they are competitive, but still go deep in the playoffs. Right? So if they do that, that would be a sign that, man, they made a lot of other good moves, which during his tenure he has. They always made the playoffs four years in a row. When was the last time that happened? Right? How many years have they made the playoffs before he came in? They'd missed the previous two. So if your excuse is, well, they have McDavid and Drysaddle, that's unfair. Well, no, the previous guys had him, and they didn't. They made the playoffs once in four years. He's four for four. They've played the second most playoff rounds the last two years. Only Florida's played more. So they've shown signs that they're trending in the right direction. Now, the next step is the hardest step. Because now they have to go from being a team that can win two rounds to being a team that can win four. That's pretty hard. And health will be the main factor. Can they have health at the right time? And then B... Is the GM going to be able to fill out some of the holes that are still in the lineup? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right now, can you find an equivalent to Nick Bukestad, who turned out to be a very good trade deadline acquisition? So that's one. Could they find another Ekholm? Like, that's a bigger ask, but my goodness, it'd be unbelievable. Now, it would be a right shot Ekholm, not a left shot. If they do that, well, hey, I like the orders right now have a legit top four. You you can not love Cody Cece, and that's fine, but he's not killing your team. Right? Would you like an upgrade? That's fair to say you'd like an upgrade, but it's not like Cody Cece hasn't been a good player and given you good value for the salary that he's getting. It hasn't been a bad signing at all. So 
Would they prefer Adam Larson? Of course. But, you know, if Adam Larson's father doesn't pass away, I think Adam Larson stays signed in Edmonton. I actually, I, I, I would be 100% certain that he does. And if you had Larson and Nurse, Bouchard and Ekholm, it's very different, right? I think we'd all agree on that. But some things are out of your control, right? You couldn't control that Oscar Clefbaum was going to get arthritis in his shoulder and have his career over. Like, how many guys at his age, like, how many other defensemen in the league who were top four, and in Ekholm's case, I mean, sorry, in Clefbaum's case, a top two defender, who prior to the age of 30, prior to the age of 28, had their career ended? I'm sure there's a few. I just don't remember them off the top of my head. Right? Like, that's a pretty tough thing to have to overcome that that you did nothing wrong as a GM, right? To lose two of your top four defensemen for nothing because of situations that's outside of your control, right? You, you couldn't control the unfortunate passing of Adam Larson's father and you couldn't control Clefbaum getting arthritis, right? Like you can't. So those are... Those are two things. So when you look at the overall evaluation of Ken Holland, people can be mad at Ken Holland and want to point out the moves that didn't work. Then you got to point out the ones that did, and he made way more good moves than bad moves. It's just how it is. right? I I don't think that's really much of a debate, is it, Connor? No, no, Gregor. But, I mean, it kind of seems like that's just the business, right, where the fans and the era that we're living in with social media, we're we're not – openly giving credit to people it's a lot more negativity and when this struggle was going on with the oilers you saw it i saw the text box was full negativity fire this guy fire that guy trade this person and now that they've turned it around we're we're not going to get the the praise occasionally it will come in but it, it's not going to be to the extent that we saw the negativity it is unfortunate uh i think ken holland you know if you go back and look at this roster prior to him being here to what it looks like now a team that's made the playoffs a perennial playoff team that is a threat to go on a run at any point he does deserve some credit for that no nhl gm is going to be perfect you take those shots and if they land that's what makes your team a legit contender versus a team or a GM that will sit on his hands. Sometimes it's going to fail. Sometimes it's going to work out. But 100%, uh, you, like you said, two of those contracts, uh, two of the players that they've lost, nothing Ken Holland could have done about that. That's just unfortunate. Other teams go through it as well. You see it happen sometimes. And uh, the moves he has made that have worked out, I think people, you know, give him some credit. I mean, a lot of people didn't want Evander Kane on this team. I remember the text we got in down the dial of people saying, don't want him, he's not going to pan out. Well, it's worked out okay. Zach Hyman, getting him. And yeah, give some credit to McDavid and Drysdale. You know, obviously it's enticing to come here and play with those guys, but he got the job done. So there have been some moves I think he certainly does deserve credit for. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Lots of good moves. Zach Hyman has been an absolute steal of a free agent signing. A steal. Not only is a good player on the ice, but well-respected in the room, like a really calming presence, just a good human being that you want in your organization. Like, that's been a massive signing for the orders. Right? The Brett Kulak trade. What they give up for Brett Kulak? Right? Lagason and then, what, a second or a third? Nothing. So, I don't see it being uh, uh, much of an issue at all. So I uh, I think he's done way more good than bad. 
And the results show it, right? The results show it. So now, like I said, is the uh, tough test. And and the other truth of the matter is I don't expect him to be here next year. I think he's going to retire. And so just remember that the success you had is like people used to complain about the Mike Smith signing. They were wrong, right? They complained about Ethan Bear trade. They were wrong. They, they complained about the Caleb Jones and the Duncan Key trade. They were wrong, right? So I think uh, way more good moves than bad for sure. Hey, guys, Nugent Hopkins also a uh, pretty good uh, re-signing his price point from uh, Gord Oil. It's true. That one has uh, worked out quite well so far for the Empton owners, no question. Right? For, at $5 bucks. well, he was a 100-point player last year. Like, even if he's only a 75, heck, a $65 million, or 65-point player at 5.5, uh, uh, five, what is he, 5.1 or 5.5? I can't remember the number. But uh, 5.125, is that what it is? Or is that Hyman? get them confused but uh either way yeah it's a pretty good contract for sure so the uh i do like hey gregor with uh the way fogel's playing what do you think the orders resign him at honestly i don't think they worry about it until the season's over uh he's on a heater right now let's kind of see where he ends up and remember though now where is he going to play right like fogel's production will go up if he plays a long stretch with dry subtle no question and if you view him as that guy and you're going to sign him to be that guy in the future, I would still be leery based on the previous five years. Now, maybe Fogel's a late developer. Happens. No problem. Right? Like, look at Zach Hyman. He keeps improving. Zach Hyman had a career high of 21 goals when he came to Edmonton. And he's absolutely crushed it. So, yeah, you, you can do it. But I, I think you have to have a... Take a step back and have a real assessment of, okay, what do we think Warren Fogel is going to be for us? That's going to be the evaluation. But I'm guessing it doesn't happen until the offseason, right? You can, you know, like Warren Fogel, will he be one of those guys who cashes in on a, on a great career year when he's a free agent and then goes back to being a 13-goal scorer? Maybe. Or maybe this is him elevating his game to a new level. But again, right, like he's, what has he got, seven goals right now? So he's on pace for now. He had seven in the uh, in the fifty six or thirteen, I think, in the, or twelve in the fifty six game season. So that still projects a little bit higher. Could he be a sixteen, seventeen goal guy? Yeah, probably. But I'm not breaking the bank on a guy like that. Like I don't think I would give him a raise for sure, right? Like I think people were hoping to get him a little bit cheaper. To be honest, so it's a good question though. Let's get to the uh, con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire, where there are more than just tires. Got mechanics, service changes. You need it. Think FountainTire.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.